So we've touched plenty on the tragedy in Kansas City today at the Chiefs Parade. Nine injured, one dead at a shooting there. And uh, again, we, we will have plenty of fun news momentarily here in the fast lane, but that is not fun. And neither is the other news that came out. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, this is much more uh, hitting home, so to speak, with us. But, uh, you know, Dave Walls, who joins us most every Friday here in the fast lane, but uh, understandably not this Friday as his mom passed away unexpectedly uh, from health complications and she's had some of those. So just please keep Dave and his family in your thoughts and prayers. If uh, if you're a prayer person, keep them in your prayers. If you're a thoughts and prayers person or just a thoughts person, uh, please feel free to send your best wishes to Dave. Uh, I'm sure he appreciate it at Dave Walls WSET on Twitter, but, uh, but we send those his way also. So again, no easy way to transition from that but there are other topics to address that we will do right now in the fast five at five ish it's time for the fast five at five ish five fast-paced quick-witted things you need to know right now number five midweek college basketball games first off tonight georgia tech is at notre dame in a battle of these teams are a year or two away from being a year or two away, um, they're not in decrepit state. Uh, I've spoken plenty about jo- what Georgia Tech's got with Damon Stoudemire, and Notre Dame's had some positive things going. They beat Tech and UVA in South Bend. Two of their eight total season wins have come against the Hoos and Hokies, uh, but they made up tonight in a game that uh, will go down as, quote, a basketball was game was played, end quote. Uh, meanwhile, another one that may have some bubble implications. Clemson, they look like they're in the tournament. They're a seven and a half point favored. That actually seems a bit rich against the Miami team that should be desperate, even though they're going on the road. Um, 15 and nine for the Canes. They're on the outside of the tournament looking in, but not in such a dire spot that they, that they could not play their way back into the big dance if things break their way. That is clearly the more intriguing of the two matchups that start at 7 tonight. Miami, Clemson, worth watching. Georgia Tech and Notre Dame, if you really can't find anything else on and no one is in the house and you just want to watch a game, then I guess that's one that you could put on your ledger. Meanwhile, ACC basketball action that took place last night outside of the obvious. Number four. Where Virginia Tech beat Florida State and Pitt upset Virginia, and we touched on that to open the show. So those thoughts will be up shortly at Fast Lane Ed Lane, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Louisville lost at Boston College. Again, BC, another one of those teams where there is hope, but they're, I mean, you're in year two. You should be beating a Louisville team that, uh, you know, again, I wonder why we haven't gotten there, but at some point should uh, be moving on from Kenny Payne. Meanwhile, North Carolina, I could have seen areas and spots where Carolina lost. And a lot of the pro handicappers, more on sports betting momentarily, by the way, but a lot of the pro handicappers had North Carolina to not blow out Syracuse. They liked Syracuse to cover as a seven and a half point underdog last night. But looking at Carolina's games on the schedule in terms of potential losable scenarios, Syracuse was not one that jumped out to mind. They've got Virginia Tech at home this weekend. Uh, you know, if you're telling me either or, road game would have mattered. Syracuse was a spot. But the other ones that clearly would jump out on the schedule are and still do are at Virginia next Saturday and at Duke to wrap up the regular season. Um, 
Other than that, Carolina realistically should win. In fact, every other game they have outside of at Virginia and at Duke, they're all at home. Virginia Tech, 1.30 airtime this coming Saturday on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Miami, NC State, and Notre Dame, two of the three are kind of outside looking in teams in Miami and NC State. But for North Carolina, I'd put that loss last night as much as anything as the law of averages where at some point you're going to lose another game on the schedule before the end of the year because again I I mentioned having the 20 to 1 ticket on Carolina to win it all and I think there's clearly a path for the heels to win the NCAA tournament this year but they're not the diehard favorite the way that a team like UConn is they are another step below where they have more than enough ingredients but they're also inconsistent enough that they are susceptible to inconsistent play like we saw last night at Syracuse Number four. Also, when it comes to the world of sports outside of the ACC, but sticking in outside of ACC basketball, but sticking in the relative confines of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Duke, former star J.J. Reddick, according to Andrew Marchand of The Athletic, he will be the next analyst to join Doris Burke and Mike Breen on an NBA Finals telecast. I actually like the pairing of J.J. Redick. He's from the Roanoke area. He's a Duke guy. He was kind of whiny and um, you know a little bit uh, antagonistic when he was at Duke, and he has some of those qualities as an announcer. But his insight, again, this is from me as a casual fan. Trey, you're more of a, a hardcore, watch more NBA games than I do fan, but I've always found J.J. Reddick's insight to, especially when it comes to games, be very thought-provoking I like it. Yeah, and I like very it. insightful. Yeah, I like it. I think it's I think it's good for for them. That was my guess is what they were going to do. Um, I do miss the chemistry that you know Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson brought. Uh, I do like Doris Burke. I think this is I think this is a good group. I mean, you know, three people are sometimes too much, but if you want to have three, that, that JJ was the person to bring up. If you weren't going to go rehire. Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson. Jeff Van Gundy with Mike Breen, and you could put Mark Jackson in there. You could put Doris Burke in there. But I thought those two work so well together. Um, you're not going to hit 100 when you have a bunch of layoffs like ESPN has had. And you know, I've bemoaned the fact that they got rid of Lafonso Ellis. And yes, uh, you know, full disclosure, a friend of mine, so and a great guy. But they got rid of him and kept Seth Greenberger around. That was a bit of a head scratcher from my perspective. Um, but you know, I get it. You got to make tough business decisions, and those are ones that often go into the the foray. Speaking of television viewership, by the way, a different angle on something Trey covered yesterday in the fast lane in number three. As 123.4 million people watched the Super Bowl performance this past Sunday, 120 million of those were on regular television. So even if you take out the streaming platforms and devices and the world feeds and everything else that went into this broadcast, it was still the most watched telecast outside of the landing on the moon 30 or something years ago. And Grant, there's more to compete with when you're talking about the Super Bowl, and it's a more fractured entertainment market than ever before. Also, I don't know how accurate those numbers were, were, were way back in the day. But we did an insane radio deals.com fast take on this a couple of days ago. But Taylor Swift has to be attributed to a part of the reason for this. Um, first and foremost, because social media is the barometer for everything, but I can't tell you how many people that I saw that were moms and or daughters, some combination of that. And this is me seeing it because my wife 
uh, pays more attention on social media than I do to a lot of her girlfriends and people that she knows. But how many of those people, and again, I don't speak disparagingly, but moms and daughters who may not normally watch football, watch the game because they were literally wearing their Taylor's boyfriend t-shirts in Kansas City Chiefs red and white to support Taylor Swift. Again, the NFL doesn't care whether that's them or folks like Trey and me who are diehard sports fans or wherever you fit in the Pantheon. They just care that you watched it. And according to Sports Media Watch, the biggest gains year over year and ever in terms of Super Bowl watching were, wait for it, young and female demographics. So I understand, but there is an irony to this. A lot of times the men that complain about this are the same men that would gladly take those people outside their traditional demographic as their own consumers if it helped them obtain more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. As our guy Kenny Powers would remind us. So yes, there is an absolute irony to this situation with Taylor Swift boosting NFL TV ratings. Number two. Well, they might be coming back to the D.C. area. The Washington Commanders, that is. The Virginia House Committee made changes to the arena bill this past Friday, and the vote was the first chance for lawmakers to exert some control over the $2 billion proposed project for the new home of the Washington Wizards and Capitals at Potomac Yard in Virginia. Um, What that does is if the Commanders want to go into D.C., not having to compete for tax funds with the Wizards and Capitals who would go to Virginia, it opens that door up. And what do you know? Commander's owner Josh Harris has confirmed that he and his team are actively moving forward with plans for a new stadium and revealed that there are three sites, this according to WUSA9.com reporters. Sources have confirmed, though, that those sites are Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. And wait for it. Harris's team would not be specific in that location, but sources have said that the fan favorite, the old RFK Stadium site, is absolutely in consideration for this. Um, Read between the tea leaves here, nothing is imminent or going to happen for sure, but all signs are that is clearly a desired properly, and it appears there is mutual interest between the Commanders and Washington, D.C. to get the Commanders back into D.C. And I think a lot of fans of the D.C. sports scene would prefer the Commanders over the Wizards and Capitals in the D.C. area because the Commanders, even though they have a bad history recently with Dan Snyder, they have found a way to shake off those haters. of the commanders and number one on the fast five at five ish they have tapped but a former virginia tech hokey and san francisco 49ers assistant daryl tap to be their congratulations new defensive line coach in dc um it's a step up for him because he was the assistant defensive line coach and uh, you know that comes with steve wilkes not being retained by the commanders uh, Tap's a guy that's done this the hard way. He's grinded his way at it. He, he, yes, he has a wife who's successful in real estate, and I'm sure there will be opportunities that await her and maybe even funnel her way to make this a viable move for the Washington Commanders. But this is a guy that's gone up the hard way, and it's really cool to see the progression of Daryl Tap, a guy that uh, was at Virginia Tech once upon a time. He left, and it, it helped it 
expedite the process of Justin Fuente and their recruiting efforts falling off at the end of the year with Virginia Tech. But for Tap, it's a pretty cool step up in promotion for him. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. Okay, so here's the deal in the Fast Lane. Tomorrow in the Fast Lane, we will not only explain what I'm giving up for Lint, if you want the full scoop now, it's available. You already said it on the air. I mean, I guess I did, but the full... You said it like a week ago. Yeah, sports betting. Yeah. But there are some caveats to this. And what better way than to discuss it tomorrow in the fast lane because we will talk plenty of NASCAR with Tom Bowles of FrontStretch.com, Trey's boss and colleague at FrontStretch.com. Oh, there are caveats to this. That will be one of the topics that we discussed. Now... If you want to share with us what you might give up for Lent or any criticism of that, Fast Lane, Ned Lane, wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, we are back tomorrow afternoon in the Fast Lane. Thank you for hanging out with us today, 5 to 6 p.m. on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app each and every single day. And yes, add us with any snarky comments.